We are back after a riveting match week three. Some very definitive resurgent performances from some clubs this weekend and some lackluster ones from others. But before we get into that, we have an update from the worst team wins draft on just that. Ethan, take it away. Yes, we do. And just as a reminder, in case, you know, this is your first episode of the podcast, Brian and I have each made an 80 million pound team on FPL and whichever team performs the worst over the course of the season is the winner. So the less points, the better. And for the third week running, I have bested Brayden by getting a lower amount of points. This week, my team, Garnacho Cheese, scored 26 points, while Brayden's team, uh, Jesus, died for our top bins scored 32. My only goal scorer this week in my team was Jaden Sancho. Obviously, he had a very crucial goal in the United-Liverpool game. He did, yes. However, your team, both Erling Holland and James Madison, scored. Yeah. But I think the thing that put your team over the edge this week was an Emmy Martinez penalty save in the uh Yeah, I didn't realize he had that until after the fact. But you know what? I said I picked Emmy Martinez because, of, you know, fuck Martinez. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not a bad keeper, admittedly. So I'm going to have to eat some of those. Yeah, I had to deal with the same thing last week with uh, Jose Saw getting a penalty save. Yeah. So it's going to happen for keepers. But anyway, overall, I have 73 points over the course of three game weeks. And Brayden has 107. So I'm winning Yeah, strong by... start for my team. <laughs> unfortunate yeah. strong start for my team but an unfortunate yeah. strong start so That's i have right. a 34 point lead three game weeks in very very nice for me but that is the fpl update it's yeah it's actually very nice that Firmino has not you know taken advantage of his of the nunez absence he is uh just making his case for the same bench spot he was on in prior weeks which yeah he barely me, touched the ball nice in that united game Pretty poor. And Ronaldo continues to not play. So, uh-huh. uh huh. And Richarlison, <laughs> here's the thing Richarlison looks really good when he comes off the bench for Tottenham. Yeah. But the issue the is thing. he only gets like 11 minutes to yeah. make it. He was back. signed as a rotational player and he's just that. So, yeah. Um, what about the goal picks? So, for the goal picks this week, my three picks were Jamie Vardy, Hyung Min Son, and Ollie Watkins. I got one goal out of those three, courtesy of Ollie Watkins. Again, you know, the Villa player stepping up for me. I had Danny Ings Seriously. last week. Even after so. an objectively poor se- start to the season, they're still stepping yeah. up. <laughs> um, but nothing out of Jamie Vardy. That was pretty disappointing. I mean, that whole Leicester performance was very disappointing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> nothing out of Human Son either. Still no goals for him three games in. And for your picks this week, you had... Mohamed Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, and uh, Huang Yi Chan, courtesy of me blocking uh, your pick of Jamie Vardy. That is true. Even though we'll have to figure this out in the future, because Huang Yi Chan didn't, didn't actually start. start this game. But yeah. I don't think there's going to be any controversy because Wolves got shut out by Tottenham. Yeah. But in the future, we yeah. may have to figure that out. So you did get a consolation goal out of Mo Salah. Meaning, again, that we have tied 1-1 just like last week, meaning our goal totals are 2-2. So, unlike the FPL teams, we are level on, in this sense. So, 2-2, up for grabs as we, you know, 
as we'll get into our picks for this coming game week. So that concludes our goal pick update, and let's jump right into the action. Three clear standout games this week, starting off with Leeds hosting Chelsea. A complete, I, I think a lot of people might have said 3-0 Chelsea would have been the likely score in this game. And it went completely the other way, starting with a 15-minute goal that was disallowed by Raheem Sterling. He thought he got off the board in the Premier League. He did not. Turns turns out he was offsides. And then Leeds United States of America cashing in yet (laughs) again. Brendan Aronson takes the ball off Mendy, a standout poor performer in this Chelsea side that is not impressed so far this season. But this one was completely on Mendy. Didn't get out of his feet. Brendan takes advantage. Then Rodrigo on a brilliant header. This yeah. is a difficult technique to get right. He had to cock his neck back, arch <laughs> fine, kind of like redirect. Like that was prime, like mm-hmm. Olivier Giroud style header. <laughs> and then in the 69th minute, Jack Harrison gets onto a kind of mistouch slash shot slash deflection in the box, knocks it into the empty net, but. Up until the Brendan Aronson goal, it was a lot Chelsea. And then after the 33rd minute, Leeds kind of took it over. They had the majority of the chances. That's not to say Chelsea didn't have chances, but Uh their lack of a number nine handcuffed them to the point where Leeds were able to have the majority of the chances. Expected goals favored Leeds, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, the cool ball, red card in the 84th minute didn't help. But this is a... It's one thing to lose three nothing to Leeds and like get seventy percent possession and like it's just not your day. This was not just not Chelsea's day, but like they were outplayed. Yeah, they were completely outplayed. Um, obviously playing away from home, the Leeds crowd was very energetic. It was a great atmosphere at Ellen Road. But yeah, from the first whistle to the last whistle, it was clear that Leeds had come to play and they were you know winning every fifty fifty. You know, there was so much more energy. I mean, you got players like Aronson, who is literally just a roadrunner. Just seems like the energizer bunny in midfield. I mean, I've never seen, as someone who's playing like the 10 position, usually the 10 is like, you know, a more creative player. And that's not to say that Aronson isn't creative, but Mm -hmm. Aronson is almost like a box to box 10. It's like, I haven't seen, you know, a player like that playing in the 10 position possibly you know ever and you know the time i've been watching soccer so it's really great to watch and tyler adams he also had a fantastic game he really he really showed you know why it's yeah that tends to be a trademark of the americans (laughs) that tends to be a trademark of americans that Mm -hmm. like industry you know in the midfield weston mckinney same way uh but yeah, it's it's great to see. Again, preseason, I did not tip Leeds to play well. I didn't think Jesse Marsh was going to get it right, but certainly sitting third in the league, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they. Yeah, third. They they certainly have got it right at least this far in the season, and it's it's great to see because I I tipped them to go down, but I said when I when when I said they were going to go down, I said I hope they don't. I'm rooting for them this year, and I am. Like mm-hmm. I'd love to see Jesse Marsh do well, and this was. Certainly one of his finer managerial performances. Yeah, I mean, Jesse Marsh has this team playing with the same energy as Bielsa, but without, you know, the conceding six goals yeah. a game to the top six. So <laughs> he's got everything right there. Seriously, like when you consider what the texture of this team was 
post Bielsa, pre Jesse Marsh, like it's a complete mm. turnaround. And yeah. losing Ben White, losing Rafinha, like it looks like they haven't missed a step. Yeah, I mean, and it seems like Tyler Adams has done really well in you know replacing and filling Calum that Phillip, role yeah. that Callum films that uh yeah that he left. But on the flip side, I think you have to look at Chelsea and see that their front three is still yet to score a goal this season. I mean, it was already a concern going into the season. Yeah. Like you've said countless times, they don't have a mm-hmm. true number nine. I mean, how concerned do you think they should be right now? I said it before that I didn't believe in this Chelsea team unless they got a number nine. And I'm being proved very right three games into the season because Kai Havertz, in the games that he has got chances, has looked terrible. Not completely the opposite of clinical, the opposite of what you need to be a successful team in the Premier League. And when he doesn't get chances, it's just that. He's non-existent, non-factor. It, it's not his position, to be fair. He's more of a 10. Uh, but if it, I just it boggles my mind how they targeted one striker in the window and it was Lewandowski and after that it was like okay well we're content with playing Havertz like if I was a Chelsea fan I would be livid that they weren't targeting a nine yeah but hey that's just me yeah they definitely should be targeting a nine and really again there's hasn't been any production from anyone on their front three I think Mount's been playing off the right obviously yeah, you Sterling know, you know you he's watch, come close it, a couple times. It hasn't come into the score sheet, but I, Sterling's played well. He he's mm. gotten the chances, but you know people have been critical of Sterling's finishing in the past, yeah. and certainly it's not happening for him this year through three games. You know, it's it's a little early to get on Sterling's case, but and, and Mount's playing well too. Like he's progressing the ball. He can only do as much as you know the team lets him, but you they need that final product, and they're relying on Havertz, and it's just not working. It's yeah. Well, in case Chelsea fans need anything else to worry about, they've just bid $60 million for Anthony Gordon from Everton. I don't know if you saw that today. I did. But, but I'm pretty sure Everton turned it down as well, and I'm not sure which one is more crazy. Anthony Gordon's good. I like Anthony Gordon, but... $60 million, though? <laughs> yeah, $60 million seems like a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird market nowadays, but... Pulisic is down bad, man. They're being they're being 60-0 for Anthony Gordon. He's just sitting there like... <laughs> Anthony Gordon's played well, but not 60 million well. I don't know. And Inter-Premier oh, League, it, seemed, it tends to balloon the numbers up. Like, there, are, there would be worse transfers than 60 million for Anthony Gordon, let me tell you. But with that, Chelsea drops to mid-table. Uh, Leeds go to third. Chelsea drops to 12th. Uh, Leeds go to third. One win, one draw, one loss for Chelsea to start the season. Not what Tuchel was looking for, but honestly, that's pretty similar to what their form was at the end of last season. So, again, nothing too out of the ordinary, if you ask me. Uh, but Leeds sitting third, like, are they the outsider team that pushes for Europe this year? Certainly seems like that. I remember Watford was top four for a couple weeks a couple years ago and then they ended up being relegated (laughs) i'm pretty sure so uh you know shit happens in the 38 game season but certainly not too bad for Leeds united the states of america just do that 35 more times and you're good yeah that's what i'm saying about arsenal (laughs) 
Game two, Newcastle three, Manchester City three, a six-goal thriller. Starting off with a fifth-minute goal from Ilkay Gundogan. When this ball went in, I was like, damn, so that's how, so it's going to be one of those. Mm. Where it's kind of just, you know, I turn it off in the 60th minute because it's 4-0. Yeah. <laughs> but then Miguel Al- Almiron gets a chance in the 17th minute, doesn't take it, but gets his goal in the 28th, 1-1. Then swiftly, Callum Wilson in the 39th minute. And uh, Alan St. Maximon, not only the player of the game, but I think the player of the weekend. Uh, yeah, he, oh my I don't God, know if you watched 90 minutes Kyle of this game. <laughs> I, have, I have been a Walker believer for ever since he was at Tottenham. I have never seen Kyle Walker been unlocked. Like he, and it's not even close. No. Like Kyle Walker doesn't play below a 7.5 defensively on any given Saturday, he was ravaged by St. Mokhtar. Yeah. This was disgusting. And what could you do? I don't blame Kyle Walker. No. I don't think any less of him. No, I don't. <laughs> He's still a fantastic right back. But this was like a cl- this is a left-wing clinic. If you're a kid out there yeah. and you want to be a left-wing, this is how you fucking do it. You charge <laughs> at the right back, regardless of who he is, and you just turn him into a pretzel and have your way. <laughs> And that's what happened on the 39th minute goal. Slips in Callum Wilson, who finishes calmly. Erling Holland gets a chance, doesn't put it away. One of his, I'm sure, seven touches of the game. Then Kieran <laughs> Trippier, the, 20, the classic Kieran Trippier 25-yard free kick. I was sitting next to my friend, my roommate Danny, on this one. And uh, what's it called? I think it was Bruno Gamares goes down uh, 25 yards out. And I'm like, this is a 60% chance of going in the net. Trippier is going to make this free kick a problem for Ederson. And well, he, he scored three out that. of four free kicks for, uh, for Newcastle in his career so far. So, as of right now, it's a 75% chance that he puts it in. And he did just that, leaving Ederson no chance, putting it left of the wall. Ederson cheated a little bit, made it 3-1. I thought Newcastle was going to cruise. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Erling Holland pounces on a rebound of a corner kick, I believe, uh, to make it 3-2. And then Bernardo Silva picks up a just pinpoint De Bruyne through ball through like the sexiest six pass players. of the season contender. Yeah. Already. <laughs> <laughs> through like six players, two of them Man City players, but none of them saw this run. I don't even think Bernardo Silva saw this run until the ball was at his yeah. feet. I think it was supposed but, to be like a dummy run, and then yeah. like, just couldn't believe when the <laughs> ball then, got to his feet. And next thing you know, he's <laughs> in on goal. Yeah, uh, but he takes a good first touch, slots it past Nick Pope, three three, and then Kieran Trippier gets into the, some trouble, bailed out by VAR, and then it fizzles out from there. Three three, your final in St James's Park, but that really doesn't tell the story because. Man City used to kind of have their way in games like this, especially against yeah. Newcastle. But I don't know if this is more of a testament to Eddie Howe's Newcastle or this new look Man City team that's not as you know well oiled as it has been in recent years. No, I definitely see it as more of a testament to Eddie Howe's Newcastle because I, I looked up you know the stats and did my research for this. And St. James's Park is very subtly becoming one of the most difficult away trips in the Premier League. Because in 2022, Newcastle have won eight, 
drawn two and only lost once at home. The loss was a 1-0 loss to Liverpool last season, right in the heat of the title race, where obviously yeah. neither team was really dropping points. And obviously mm-hmm. one of the draws was here to Man City you know, just a couple days ago. So, I mean, we saw firsthand how difficult it was for Arsenal to go into St. James's Park when they were playing in the most important game of their lives and they just yep. got completely bossed. Yep. And, you know, the atmo- obviously the team is playing a lot better and obviously the fans, you know, the atmosphere is getting a lot better there because they're getting behind this, you know, It's always very been raucous quickly at St. James's, team. regardless yeah. of, you know, who is in town. Their, their fan base is awfully passionate. I mean, they were holding up Saudi Arabia flags for a minute there. <laughs> they, they will back they will back whoever decides to make them a good football club and there are some players on this team that are bringing them there yeah definitely i mean the squad that they've built and obviously they have an unlimited budget essentially a blank check but yeah. they are spending you know gradually they're not just going out there and buying you know the biggest names you know yeah. the hottest names out there so they're being smart with their money and it seems like you know they're taking after man city's you know oil build you know in 2008 and you know getting a well, good combination Man City's oil build let's not forget the cash splashing that they did they brought in tevez jecko like they brought in balotelli they they splashed the cash a little bit on some of the brand they names, did splash but, the cash but you know yeah. that was in towards you know that was you know two three years in you know their yeah. first pickups were players like you know gareth barry you know yeah. the equivalent to signing like chris wood for yeah. Newcastle. Dan so, Burn. Yeah, Dan Burn. <laughs> so, you know, good combination of, you know, yeah. flashy Brazilians and, you know, Brexit footballers. Yeah. So, and seems like all is that's going really well at St. James's. That's really the equilibrium you need to, ca- to calculate yeah. to win Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, move on to the third game, the ultimate game of the weekend. The Monday 3 o'clocker. Manchester United 2. Liverpool won. Sancho, Rashford, and Salah, the men on the score sheet. But up until the 16-minute Sancho goal, it was all United and nothing but United. They came out fiery hot. And I remember we were talking about this game last week, and it was going to be one of two ways. United was going to fold under the, under the quality of Liverpool, or this Liverpool test was exactly the spark they needed to, especially at home with their fans behind them, or somewhat behind them, mm-hmm. to kind of jumpstart their season, especially under a new coach. And it was definitely the latter. They came out red hot, pressing. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, for as shameless as he is when he gets touched, he was so industrious in this game, and he was one of the many youngsters in this game. Malasia, Dalo played both very well, very industrious. Uh, but Sancho, this goal was really well taken. Yeah. And then Martial combines with Rashford, who slots it away brilliantly for 2-0. Uh, again, when this 53rd minute goal went in, it was like kind of the nail in the coffin for me. I mean, you never put away Liverpool like that, but in a normal mm-hmm. game against a normal team with stats, like the possession stats and like carry of play that happened in the first 53 minutes, it seemed like a nail in the coffin goal. And then Mo Salah's goal, the rebound, ended up being a consolation. But, you know, 
this is I'm not this isn't Liverpool crisis time, but this is like it's a fish it's not a poor start to the season. It's like something needs to change. And I know they were dealing with injuries. Their mm-hmm. midfield their midfield trio was Milner, Henderson, Harvey Elliott. Like that is not their first choice midfield whatsoever. They are missing pieces. But you know, Van Dyke is still on this team, and Mo Salah is still on this team, and Luis Diaz is still on this team, and Firmino still got quality. Roberts and Trent. Trent was disgusting in this game. Like when when he doesn't have offense to do, yeah. he is like he he is a championship level right back. He he needs to mature yeah, so Rashford much more than we ever thought. Bullying him. Yeah, it, it was you know, a lot of people get on Trent's case defensively, and rightly so, but mm-hmm. Like, when Liverpool was firing, when they were playing possession soccer, Trent was not exposed. Now, all of a sudden, their build-up play is not linking as well as it used to be, and they're taking a lot more pressure than they usually do, and Trent is getting absolutely exposed, and he needs to grow up very quickly. Still a young right back, but he needs to grow up defensively very, very quickly, because that was a horror show of performance from from Trent and you could see some of the replays on the goals he is standing around he 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 plays like a you know like a 10 at playing it right back like his work rate is dreadful and i'm sure you know i'm sure Klopp's digging into him like uh, if you know Klopp you know that he sees his shit mm-hmm. but like no Klopp was furious on the touchline throughout that game yeah, i see. i can't imagine Trent in here in the locker room but this is like Somebody needs to point it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously not a good performance from Trent. But overall, I really don't think that there was that much Liverpool could have done because I think all the credit here has to go to Manchester United. I honestly don't know any team on the planet that could have gone into Old Trafford and the way that United started out that game and how loud the crowd was and the atmosphere in there. I don't know many teams that could have gone in there and gotten a result because. Everybody for United was on their game. I mean, Lissandro yeah. Martinez, he's five foot nine, but he played like he was six foot nine. Yeah. He definitely yeah, he redeemed so himself well. from the Brentford game. The, uh, the defense has been so leaky in recent games, and they mm-hmm. kind of slapped themselves in the face and said, you know, it's time to get going. And they did and it, I don't think it one of the better attacks in the league. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they've done it without Harry Maguire, who. <laughs> that was know. certainly the talk of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like you said before, uh, Dallow and uh, Malasia, they completely shut down Diaz and Salah as completely as you could for two players of their quality. Yeah, and obviously yeah. Salah got on the score sheet and Diaz, you <laughs> know, he did some things in the wing. But overall, they were, for the most part, neutralized yeah. and they didn't have much of a say. And Rashford <laughs> and Sancho, you know, they were playing to their capabilities. I mean, we both know how talented these players are, but just haven't been able to play at that level. They were certainly at that level, uh, you know, yesterday. And they completely dominated Liverpool, especially through the first 30 minutes. Liverpool could, you know, barely get out of their own half. They should have had three or four goals before the first one even went in. I mean, Anthony Alanga hit the post. Rashford was played in behind where Van Dijk yeah, had to make the Alanga a one. tackle. I, that Alanga one was like a right winger's, uh, a left winger, a right-footed left winger's dream. Like yeah. sliding across the box, right... Uh, Bottom right corner gaping. All you need to do is tuck it in the far corner. You got the curl to your advantage, and he rings it off the post. That's like, yeah. There are right, there are left wingers like top quality S tier 
left wingers that have never missed that in their life. Like, yeah. But, you know, he's a young player, so you kind of give him a pass. I'd say the only thing that I had against Liverpool in this game as a team, because like I said, there's not much that you could do when United were playing that well. Sometimes you just have mm-hmm. to tip your hat. But yeah. Liverpool were dangerously exposed on the counterattack. I mean, so yes, many times. Absolutely. You know, just one through ball was just completely eliminating, you know, their entire back line. It seemed like they only had like two or three guys back as, you know, Rashford and Sancho were just, you yeah. know, running up and down the wings. So that was a real concern, you know, just tactically from Liverpool's point of view. Yeah, but, Joe Gomez looked poor too. Like he, yeah. there are he's definitely the third choice center back pairing with Van Dyke after uh Matip and Kanate. Again, like I'd like to reiterate, Liverpool have injuries, and when this team is fully healthy with Matip and Thiago and uh, Darwin Nunez, if that's if that's their first choice striker, they will be much better than they were on mm-hmm. Monday. But they have still put teams away with poor squads, and this one was just they got bitch slapped, and rightly so. Yeah, listen, you are not going to see United play at that level any other time this season that is united's best performance of the season uh-huh. you know 38 games gone like this will yeah. be united's best performance of the season most likely so yes. i don't think it's time for panic for liverpool and obviously no. this is a massive win for united but definitely can't get carried away because you're not going to be seeing this type of thing every week i I'd just like to point out before we move on how overly critical Liverpool fans were on Twitter of Jurgen Klopp. I saw many, many tweets calling for Jurgen Klopp's head, and that is just about the most unjust thing possible. He Ridiculous. is one of the best managers in the world, and it's not even close. If you think that this performance was on him, you're out of your mind. He was forced, forced to start the midfield of Henderson, Miller, Milner, and Elliott. He, what was he going to play? Henderson and Fabinho in the same midfield? Not going to happen. That's mm-hmm. too many seconds. They don't do it. They don't play with the double pivot. They never have. This was never, never on Klopp. And Liverpool could win the fucking league this year. They are that good, and he is that good of a manager. There should be not one fan, not one single fan, should be Klopp out. I, I ever like literally ever unless yeah. unless this continues for another like twenty seven games, unless the in the thirty eighth thirtieth game they are still sixteenth, then you can call for his head. But honestly, th- 29 games in their 16th? I don't know if you can call for that. Maybe you can. But, like, just ridiculously unjust. And it, it made me furious. As a complete bipartisan, it made me furious. Yeah. I would just like to make that, that extremely clear. Because that that, that's just fucked up. Really fucked up. He took this team from Fabio Barini to the Champions League and the Premier League title. Unbel- so don't like, they were shit. in Champions League <laughs> final last year. And in three match weeks, like, with... Obvious unfortunate occurrences with the Nunez shit. Mm. Like, how is this? I just it. Obviously, football fans are irrational, but this one is just ridiculous. Honestly, ridiculous. And Liverpool fans are usually some of the more like level-headed out of like the big six, but apparently (laughs) there's no such thing. (laughs) There's no such thing as a level-headed football fan, including the two on this podcast. Anyway. Some of the out-of-town scores, Tottenham 1, Wolves 0, a training ground free kick has the Spurs escaping with three points. 
Everton won, Nottingham Forest won. Everton, you know, hoping to take three points from at least one of the bottom three teams in the league, but not the case at uh, <clears throat> Goodison. Leicester City won, Southampton two. You know, Southampton, Leicester City's kind of had Southampton's number in recent years, so Southampton gets a little bit of revenge here. Fulham three, Brentford two, a uh, five-goal thriller. Yeah, this was a great Raven- game. At Craven Cottage, Mitrovic with the 90th minute winner. That was, uh, you know, secretly exciting. <laughs> Crystal Palace 3, Aston Villa 1, Zaha with the brace. I mean, Crystal Palace has come out very, very good. I've, it's another testament to Arsenal's performance on, on, that, uh, on yeah. that opening game. But yeah, they've played very well, and they could easily, uh, considering Aston Villa has not been good, they yeah. have, well, you know, they, they lost to them this weekend, but they have come out very very well Vieira has them firing Eze has been fantastic um they could easily push for Europe this season Bournemouth nil Arsenal three trouncing performance as I mean not a performance pl- as you'll see yeah. against Bournemouth I mean you know a lot of fans are saying you know it's just Bournemouth and it is just Bournemouth but you know Bournemouth is going to play 38 games this season 19 of them at home like You'd be surprised if there were more than six games with a performance as clean as this one, you know? Yeah. That was a very, very clean performance. West Ham, nil. Brighton, two. Brighton without some of their signings, some of their exits this summer have started the season as well as they might have hoped. Graham Potter, again, working his magic without much money and losing a lot of players in the summer. It's just. It's amazing to see because I love I love him as a manager. And still no goals for West Ham this season, and three nope. straight losses. <laughs> That's another area of concern. A lot of people thought West Ham's squad was definitely deep enough to to push Europe, and it's been a quite a poor start. I think uh, Skamaka can't get healthy soon enough because he might need to revitalize this this uh this front three. I think he is healthy but, though. Is he? I thought I'm pretty yeah. sure Antonio's been playing. Antonio has been playing. They've just preferred oh. Antonio. Well, they still need the spark because Antonio's <laughs> not played well. They need something. Anyway, that rounds out the out-of-town scores. We will hop into our predictions for next week. Two games to predict this week. City Palace, Chelsea, Leicester. Ethan, want to start us off with Chelsea, uh, City Palace? Sure, I will. And, you know, Crystal Palace, like we just mentioned, they're a team that has been looking really, really good so far this season. Yeah, very sneaky. And Man City, they're a team who I have complete confidence in. You know, I think that you know the result against Newcastle wasn't necessarily a bad result. I still think they played well. Um, mm-hmm. And they're a team you know, who I think will win the title. But for whatever reason, they've just struggled. You know, Palace seems to be their bogey team. They just struggle <laughs> against Crystal Palace. So you know what? I'm going for a 2-2 draw here. I think Palace two, are going to get something from the Etihad. 2-2 two, two draw. Palace has performed well at the Etihad. I remember that Andrews Townsend goal. Yeah. <clears throat> got him points. During the Centurion season, I believe. Um, but my prediction for City Palace, I'm tempted to even go for three points for Palace because this is a very trippy game for, mm. for City. Like I, I don't love the way they played against Newcastle, I think there were spells during that Newcastle game that were very concerning, considering the quality and uh, of the 
<coughs> of the players and the manager at City. Usually they dominate all 90 minutes and, you know, when they lose games, it's because they gave other teams a sniff and they took it. But there were periods during that Newcastle game where they were second best. And I think that Crystal Palace could do something very, very similar. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to mention the fields again because it's not talked about enough. Palace play on a smaller field. The Etihad is a much bigger field. They could get exposed. Uh, but they will not go down without a fight. So I am going to go it's either 1-1 or 2-1. I'm going to go with 1-1. I'm going to be bold. 1-1. Points are shared. Chelsea versus Leicester. I'll start this one off. Leicester look, you know, average, I would say. They're leaky at I'd the I'd say back. below average. Below average. <laughs> it's... But you know what? So are Chelsea. <laughs> uh, it's really whether Chelsea can over... Every game, it's whether they can overcome not having a number nine. And will they be able to overcome not having a number nine at home versus Leicester? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say Chelsea, one. Leicester, zero. So I have a bit more confidence in Chelsea, as it seems to be the theme, you know, throughout you know these game yep. weeks, because <laughs> um, it's very easy to forget that you know, despite losing in horrible fashion to Leeds, that they looked absolutely fantastic last time out at home against Tottenham and were very very unlucky not to get three points out of that game. So I think this is gonna be. You know, a similar outing for Chelsea where they completely dominate their opponent. I said that Leicester would, you know, be the best of the rest and finish seventh this year, but right now they look absolutely horrendous. They've twice um, completely blown leads. Um, first game against Brentford, uh, draw 2 2 after going up 2 0. This game, they were up a goal against Southampton and South let Southampton win 2-1. They've looked terrible defensively. And going forward, they have a lot of options. I think Madison's had a great start to the season, but they just haven't been able to overcome their defensive woes. So I'm going to say a 3-1 win for Chelsea at home. 3-1. Oh, 3-1. All right. That rounds out the predictions. Now we are into the goal picks for this week. You want me to pick or do you want to pick first? You can say your picks first. I will do my picks first. You got your blocks? I have my blocks. For those who are new to the podcast, goal picks go as follows. We each choose three players we think are going to score goals this week. Goal or goals this week in the upcoming match week. Uh... But there's a catch because the other player gets to block three players that we can't use. So there's a bit of strategy involved. Uh, if I say a pick and Ethan blocks it, Ethan will then, I will obviously not be able to use that player. And then Ethan will choose a starting forward for any of the 20 EPL teams for me to choose in the next match week. You ready, Ethan? I'm ready. So my first pick is going to be. Danny Ings. I, I, I think one of them scores every week, and I think I'm right. 
I hope I'm right for this one. Yeah. Uh, like I mean, using my strategy, it. taking the Villa players. <laughs> yep. Uh, they have West Ham this week, who have been leaking goals like nobody's business. And I think that he is going to get multiple chances to score, and I hope he puts one away. So I'm going to go with Danny Ings. Number two, I'm going to go with Marcus Rashford. He impressed me this weekend. They have Southampton. Not a strong team. I'm hoping they get at least two goals, and I'm pretty sure Marcus Rashford playing nine for this team is going to get at least one of them. Hopefully he starts. I'm imagining he starts considering he started the games before. Mm -hmm. And my third one's a bit of a risky one. I'm going with Harry Kane. Very fortunate matchup this week. Nottingham Forest away. I think he gets on the score sheet. He hasn't had many goals thus far this season. Those are my three picks. Ethan, how did I do? You can have them all. Let's go. All right. We'll take my it. My obvious pick for this week was Gabriel Jesus. Mm. I thought, you know, last time you went out, uh, you took Mohamed Salah. I thought you'd go with another obvious one in Gabriel Jesus. I think Kane, again, is one of those players that, you know, you could pick every week. But, again, it's just so obvious that there's always that risk. Yep. But, again, it pays off for you. My two other players were Ivan Tony and Raheem Sterling. I was very, very close. I was never going with Raheem Sterling, but I was very, very close to going with Ivan Tony. It was between Ings and Tony, I don't want to think. Uh-huh. Close, but not quite. I have my blocks, Ethan, when you are ready. All right, so my first pick for this week is none other than that guy, Welbs. Um, <laughs> Brentford, uh, not Brentford, Brighton have had a tremendous start to the season, and as much as it pains me, to you know, pick a player to score against my beloved Leeds. Um, <laughs> Danny Welbeck has had a great start to the season, and as their undisputed starting striker, I think that he's bound to get on the score sheet. So he's my first pick. And for my second pick, I've gone with my own block, which is Gabriel Jesus. I'm hoping that you know I can go with the obvious route this time. Hopefully you haven't blocked it. But again, Arsenal at home to Fulham. Maybe you've just blocked it just for just so I can't have Jesus. But you know, we'll see. And then my other pick is another incredibly you know blatant one, Erling Holland. Again, mm. I just I like Holland. Holland scores goals. Seems natural to pick him in my goal scoring picks. Don't really need to defend that one, do you? No, but I see a. Uh, wry smile on your face i'm a bit worried so it is did you, did you get? a justified wry smile might i say gabriel jesus will not be playing for you this weekend but you can have the other two all right gabriel jesus is one of my blocks i was very close it was between side uh jesus son and tony i was very close to blocking holland instead of son but i did block jesus because they're playing Fulham, and jesus is one of the hottest footballers on the planet, and I would be silly not to block him. Just like you would be silly not to block him. Mm -hmm. But you, this weekend, will be receiving whoever the starting forward is for Nottingham Forest. I don't even know. I think it's the... Uh, it's not Brendan John. Here's the thing with Nottingham Forest. They've signed like 18 new players, and I think it's like four <laughs> strikers in the last week. So Yeah, Johnson, <laughs> she scored last week. Brendan Johnson. So you can honestly say, just like, if you want, whoever starts for Forrest this week. Taiwo Owoniyi. 
Yeah, I think that is that is your player this week. He was the okay. he was a strike partner. So again, I think we should probably figure out what happens in the case that he doesn't start. Whoever starts in a Wonee's place will be okay. Who you get? A Wonee and then Holland, and then your third was Wellbeck. Wellbeck. Not the strongest three I've ever seen, but there's some goal scoring talent in there. Nah, trust me, Welbeck's going to brace. <laughs> if he does, then I'll tip my cap. However, that brings us to our outro segment for this week. And again, it is Ethan versus Twitter. He will going he will be going head to head versus the extremely popular social media platform. And here's how this works if you are unaware. I have scoured the internet for some questionable Twitter takes, but I've also mixed in some of my own. I'm going to read off them. Read them off in no particular order, and Ethan is going to guess which one is a real Twitter take and which one is made up by yours truly. Ethan, are you ready? I'm ready. What did I get last time? Like three out of six? Two out of six. I think we went back and it was actually three out of six. <laughs> I think we went back and it was two out of six, but... Well, I guess we'll have to go back again after this. <laughs> I guess we'll have to go back again. <laughs> anyway, there will be three this time. Mm-hmm. Starting with... Bringing in Pulisic would solve a lot of our problems right now. Please, Glazers, don't fuck this one up. Praying hands emoji. It's a very basic tweet. Very, very simple. I honestly don't know which way to go with this one. Well, what's your opinion on the tweet? I think... I think Pulisic could solve a lot of problems for them. I mean, obviously, the way Rashford and Sancho played this weekend, it doesn't seem like they need Pulisic. But it's clear that they're looking for a winger. Um... I'm just going to go fake. Honestly, this is one of the biggest toss-ups I've heard so far. So, I'm just going to say it's fake. It is fake. I made it up. All right. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for one Prem and one UCL in eight years, but it's time to go. Ooh. You know what? This one is real. I know because I saw this tweet. <laughs> Well, this is no fun. <laughs> it is indeed real. Yeah, I saw this tweet. This but one, it this doesn't is bad. count. <laughs> it doesn't count. Next one. Told you lot, Trent Alexander-Arnold was not good long ago, but they said I was hating. Well, based on your Trent Alexander-Arnold slander this podcast, I'm just going to have to say that this one's fake and you made this one up. This is a real tweet. Uh. <laughs> he even provided us with a very nice wolf, alpha male wolf looking off into the distance like he was the greatest ever for making this strong take, <laughs> even though he was widely, widely considered to be the best right back in the world three years ago. Anyway, we'll do a bonus one. I said three, but we'll do mm-hmm. a bonus one because you, you, uh, you know, uh. you sly dog. You're on Twitter too much. <laughs> well, at least I was honest about it. I have I have six by the way. Three okay. three um 
three real, three fake. So I'm. Mm. This could be anything. Callum Hudson Adoy, abbreviated to CHO, mm. literally walks into every big six lineup besides City, Liverpool. Why are we loaning him out? I didn't even realize they were looking to loan out Callum Hudson Adoy. They were. Maybe you should be on Twitter more. Mm. Or maybe they weren't. And. You're making this whole thing up. Um, well, obviously, that's just false. But, eh, is it? Nah, it is. He's not getting, he's not walking into Arsenal starting 11. Um, I'm going to say this is real. This seems like a very standard uh, Twitter, you know, football opinion. But then again, that is what you're trying to replicate. So. Again, this is 50-50, but I'm saying it's real. It is fake. God damn it. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> Callum hudson literally walks into zero of the top six. <laughs> Maybe a long game. Maybe he takes a longest, but... Well, here's the thing. He's, he doesn't even walk into zero. the Chelsea lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. You say... He walks into all of the big six besides Liverpool and City. All right, well, Liverpool and City is a third of the big six, and then obviously we're discounting Chelsea because so he he's on Chelsea. So, so really, you're just saying Arsenal and United. <laughs> and Spurs. Oh, shit, yeah, Spurs. No, he's just, he does not walk As if he gets on the Spurs. He's playing ahead of uh, <laughs> fucking Son, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, another... Mediocre performance, two of four. Well, you know, technically two of four because you saw one. Yeah, you should really get better. Anyway, that will round out the podcast for this week. A little bit shorter for the Gen Zs out there. Don't want to keep you away from your poppets and your fucking, you know, stimulus TikToks. So (laughs) until match week four, we are signing off. Adios. See ya.